Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 140. Today I want to talk to you about beliefs in weight loss. So what you believe about yourself, about food, about what normal eating is, about your body and your life all has a massive impact on whether or not you lose weight, whether or not you enjoy the process of losing weight and whether or not you regain your weight after you've lost it and a whole lot more too. Essentially what you believe matters. So it's important to not only know what it is that you believe, also to know that you get to choose what you believe to make weight loss easier and more manageable and more sustainable should you want to. So what is a belief? So a belief is simply a thought that you've repeated so many times, it now feels like a truthful fact to you. When we think about beliefs, we essentially touch upon thoughts that we've repeated so many times that they've carved themselves into our brain's architecture shaping our neural pathways. So picture the brain as a vast, intricate forest where thoughts navigate through like explorers. When a thought or an explorer treads a particular route through the forest often enough, a clear, distinct path forms. And this is akin to our neural pathway. The more the path is traversed or trodden, the more defined and easier to travel it becomes. In the context of beliefs, each time we entertain a specific thought, we're essentially sending a traveller down its corresponding path in the brain. Over time and through repetition, this path or neural pathway solidifies, making the journey of that thought smoother and nearly automatic. Thus, beliefs, those thoughts we've repeated and accepted as truths, naturally embed themselves in these pathways, subtly governing our emotions, actions and overall perceptions of our world without us even consciously recognising it. This interplay of beliefs and neural pathways casts a significant influence on our daily lives. A well-trodden path in your neural forest may guide you to react joyfully in certain situations or may lead you to instinctively shy away from potential risks, all based on the beliefs residing in those neural pathways. Our emotions as well, our feelings particularly, find themselves tightly intertwined with these pathways. So for every thought, we get a different emotional response. And these emotional responses craft our moods, our feelings, and ultimately our behavior. However, the beauty of our brain, specifically its neuroplasticity, is that it allows us to reshape these pathways. By consciously deciding to forge new trails, adopting and repeating new empowering thoughts, we can establish new neural pathways and subsequently create new beliefs. And then what happens is that the old, unused paths gradually become overgrown and fade, especially when we intentionally avoid them, helping us shift our perspectives, our emotions and our behaviours in more positive and intentional directions. So in essence, beliefs deeply embedded in our neural pathways shape our emotional landscapes and guide our actions. And with understanding intentionality, we possess the capacity to reshape 
these landscapes to lay down new paths and embark on different, perhaps more enjoyable or more pathways that lead to greater wellness through our neural forest, altering our life experiences and outcomes in the process. Okay, so I want now to relate this to what this might look like in someone who is working at losing weight, someone who wants to to lose weight and is going through a weight loss journey. What might this look like for them? So let's talk about someone who we're going to call Zoe. So let's say Zoe has attempted multiple diets throughout her life. So every time she tried, she was met with initial enthusiasm, but she eventually found herself reverting back to old eating habits, resulting in gaining weight. And this repeated itself a lot. So many times, in fact, that Zoe formed a belief that she couldn't be successful at weight loss because she'd failed so many times before. So her brain, after numerous experiences and reinforced thoughts along those lines, developed a robust neural pathway that directly connected the idea of dieting with the expectation of failure. The result of this is that she would become discouraged. So she felt discouraged before she even began. However, when Zoe learned what was going on for her, when she could see that these beliefs that she was having about the fact that she would fail were keeping her stuck from losing weight, and she could see that her beliefs were merely thoughts that she had unknowingly cemented through repetition and that she created these neural pathways and that whilst they were established, they were not unchangeable, she saw that there was a way forward. She started to feel a little hopeful and she started to understand that the key to moving forward and changing her weight loss reality was not in fighting with herself to eat a certain way, but in helping herself shift her beliefs and perceptions. So intrigued, she considers the concept of carving out a new belief to alter her weight loss trajectory and make her weight loss journey more enjoyable. So instead, what she does, instead of believing that she can't do it, instead of believing that she will fail, she starts to believe instead that every step she takes towards healthy living, no matter how small, is a victory. She realises it's not about the rapid, significant changes, but rather the steady, persistent actions towards a healthier lifestyle. She decides to focus less on the scale and more on establishing nourishing habits, understanding that every new positive action is a triumph over the old belief, that it is starting to change the neural pathways around everything to do with her weight that's going on in her brain. Now, this new belief isn't like sort of, it's not like switching a switch, it's not instantly all powerful. Zoe's previous pathway linking dieting to failure is still there. It's paved and smooth from years of travel. And the new pathway is advocating for persistent, gentle progress, is initially faint, obscured by mental foliage and scepticism. Now, it doesn't come easily or naturally to think in this way, but Zoe persists. So she celebrates choosing a salad over a big bowl of pasta, for example. She applauds herself for a 15-minute walk and she acknowledges when she drinks enough water for the day and appreciates herself for it. She commends every small victory and as she does, her mind begins exploring this new optimistic pathway, gradually wearing it smooth and easy to to cross. A person's ability to change their belief, which may happen naturally over time or through consciously working to change how they think about food themselves and their lives, is the difference between being successful at losing and managing your weight for life and staying in the struggle. I want you to think that changes in beliefs sometimes look like a leap of faith and sometimes take place so slowly over time you might not even notice. 
Now, some of you listening to this podcast may be shifting your beliefs without you even noticing. Just by listening, you're exposing your mind and brain to new ideas, new thoughts about weight loss, new ways of thinking. I'm teaching you that weight loss is less about the food and more about everything going on in your body, your brain, your mind and emotions. And this episode is an example of that, talking about thoughts and beliefs in your mind and how they actually relate to the science of what is happening in your brain. I think that one of the most important foundational beliefs to support your weight loss is the belief that all you need to do is keep going and keep learning and keep applying what you learn so that you're continually making changes. And I'm not talking about changes in how you eat, although of course that does need to happen. But importantly, changes to how you think and feel to drive what you do. Now, I'm going to look at an example. We're going to talk about food for this example. So let's take someone who has a habit of eating biscuits throughout the day. And let's say that that person's primary belief about biscuits is that they are delicious, comforting, and that it's normal to eat them. That they should be able to eat biscuits without impacting their weight because other people do. Other people can And then this person, believing all of these things, decides to stop eating biscuits because she thinks she's not allowed them if she's going to lose weight. Well, that's because, after all, it's all the diets that she's been on over all the years and decades before have told her biscuits are not allowed. So then one of two things is likely to happen. So number one is that she tells herself she cannot have biscuits anymore. And she uses willpower to say no to know that while she's subconsciously thinking about how delicious and comforting they are, okay? So she's trying to say no to the biscuits, she's using willpower to do that, but all the time in the back of her mind, she wants them because she's thinking about how delicious and comforting they are. But she's telling herself that she's not allowed them. Now, when she does this, she feels deprived and is in constant conflict and she's miserable and she keeps managing to say no thank you when she's offered a biscuit by her partner until one day she comes home from work at the end of the week and she's had a bad day and she's exhausted and she's offered that biscuit and that little thought creeps into her head telling her the one won't make a difference and so she eats the first one and it tastes delicious and she thinks I'll just have one more and then she keeps going and then before she knows it she's eaten if she's anything like me anyway she's eaten the rest of the packet and then of course she thinks she's blown it she feels miserable she doesn't want to cook dinner and so she thinks okay I'll just get a takeaway now and I'll start again tomorrow But what she notices is the next time she gets on the scale, she's a pound heavier. And so she thinks that this doesn't work for her. Not eating biscuits doesn't work. Trying to lose weight doesn't work. And so she goes back to her normal biscuit eating routine because trying to stop eating them just doesn't work. Okay, that's scenario number one. And then the second scenario is that she doesn't give in, to use diet speak, to that first Friday night biscuit. She pushes the weekend feeling miserable she pushes through the weekend feeling miserable but she carries on and then she gets on the scales on monday and she's lost weight and she feels elated and pleased and relieved and carries on the following week and slowly over time as she doesn't eat the biscuits her beliefs about biscuits change she starts to get pleasure from her fruit and yogurt snack which hurts is her alternative to eating biscuits and she starts to find some comfort in eating the fruit and yogurt whereas she didn't initially She's rewiring her thoughts, her neural pathway about biscuits unintentionally. But as she changes her habits, she starts to feel better, loses weight. She carries on until she no longer thinks about biscuits in the same way. Okay, so that's great. Now you can see how that would be a preferable option if you're wanting to lose weight. But you can also see that the second option is relying on willpower and determination. And it was all about winning the battle with herself. So what I want to present you with is a third way. 
okay? I want you to know that even if you have been eating biscuits your whole life, you can work to change those neural pathways, the thoughts and beliefs that you have about biscuits intentionally so that you find yourself genuinely not wanting to eat them. This might start with, there's lots of different things you can do, but this might start with paying attention to the biscuits and your eating of them. So paying attention to your biscuits might look like starting with just looking at the label and seeing what they're made of and then thinking about them in terms of their ingredients so that when you consider whether you want them, you're not thinking, do I want the biscuit as you see it in your mind's eye as something, I don't know, tasty and chocolatey and delicious, but you might want to consider, do you want a mouthful of, and here are the biscuits, an example of biscuit ingredients, do I want a mouthful of flour, sugar, cocoa butter, cocoa mass, dried skim milk, dried whey, butter, oil, palm, shea, emulsifiers, which includes soya, lectithin, E476, vegetable oil, raising agents, which are sodium bicarbonate, malic acid, ammonium bicarbonate, and salt. Do I want a mouthful of that? Okay, so straight away that biscuit might be starting to lose its appeal. And look, this isn't about demonizing foods. This is about taking responsibility for what you're eating to support your health. I heard a great comment from Paul Spector on the Diary of a CEO podcast this week, which is something along the lines of when you're eating ultra processed food, you're not eating food, you're eating chemicals. I can't remember the exact words, but it's something along those lines. And I thought that was really interesting. And as you can probably guess, I just Googled those biscuit ingredients, which, by the way, were for McVitie's chocolate digestives. And when I Googled biscuit ingredients, I found a couple of scientific papers about contaminants and carcinogens in biscuits. So if that list of ingredients hasn't made biscuits less appealing to you, then let me share what I found because this might. I found that many biscuits include cancer-causing substances called glycidol and acrylamide, which are both chemicals that are carcinogenic and have been shown to induce cancer. Apparently, although biscuit manufacturers can use these ingredients, there are limits to how much these chemicals can be in by weight. And the European benchmark for biscuits says that acrylamide should be limited to 350 grams for a kilogram of biscuit. Sounds like a lot to me, but apparently I can't be right. Even as I'm reading that, that is, that is exactly what was taken from that scientific paper. But I'm thinking that can't be right. Surely it's got to be a microgram or something like that. Anyway, whatever the amount is, it's considered to be a safe limit. However, Regulators found that at least four biscuit brands exceed that safe limit, and Oreos was one of those four. And to further emphasise this point, a study was conducted in Sweden among 60,000 women over 10 years and found that women who ate biscuits more than two to three times a week were 33% more likely to develop womb cancer, and women who ate biscuits more than three times a week were 42% more likely to develop a tumour. That's what I found. I then looked at the scientific paper on contaminants in biscuits, which found that biscuits were among the most suitable processed foods to be fortified with insect meal, a protein-rich ingredient increasingly appreciated apparently for its sustainability. Okay, so then I just, of course, had to Google insect meal. And what I found is that typical ingredients were black soldier fly, mealworm, housefly, cricket, grasshopper, locust, silkworm and earthworm. Okay, so now is that biscuit looking less appealing to you? How much less deprived are you going to feel when you don't think of that biscuit as your sweet, comforting treat of melt-in-your-mouth pleasure, but instead as a mouthful of chemicals, carcinogens and insects? 
Okay, now I have to say, when I set out thinking about what I would talk about on this podcast, I wasn't expecting to end up talking about unknowingly eating insects. And of course, I know that if you look hard enough, you will find fault in any food or most foods that we eat. But if you're wanting to not eat biscuits, if you know that you over-desire biscuits and that is hindering you being the weight and the health that you want to be, and that is important to you, then I want you to consider whether it's going to be easier if to actually not eat those biscuits if you don't want them because you are knowledgeable in the ingredients that they contain and how much easier that might be than constantly being in battle with yourself over whether or not to have the biscuits because you think they're going to give you the pleasure that you want. So this is just a really small example of creating new belief almost on a micro level so that the way you want to eat is aligned with the weight that you want to be. Okay, I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but hopefully you can see that changing what you know factually, what you think and believe can be done in parallel to you making changes to how you eat in such a way it makes the whole process easier. But it's not just what you believe about the food that's important. It's what you believe about yourself too, and lots of other things, but importantly, what you believe about yourself too. If you believe you always fail and give up, you're going to want to work on changing that belief, just like the example I gave at the beginning of the podcast. You might start by writing down everything you achieved in your life so that you can see the thought that you always fail is not true. It is not factual. You might want to change your belief about failure so that you can see it as the path to your success. That the reason you're going to carry on until you get the results that you want is because you failed many times. But you learned lots from all of those failed attempts and you're still here working at it because you're resilient and you know your health matters and that you matter. Okay, I'm going to leave it there for today. Hopefully this episode has given you a few things to think about. And if you're interested in having interested in having help and support with your weight loss journey and creating new belief, from creating belief that you can do it to creating belief that you no longer want one of those favorite foods of yours, then why not sign up for instant access to the Sustainable Weight Wellness Workshop? It's just £9 or $12. And if you go to www.thebestyou.coach, you will find information on how to do that right there on the main homepage. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great week and I will speak to you next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The program offers different levels of support to suit you including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.